Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. Of course, my my favorite Alan Rickman line from that movie is like when he's at the like opening of, of like the, the whatever that store is, right? <laughs> yes, and they're like, they're like, yes, by Grabthar's hammer, what a savings. Hello and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight over minor pop culture minutiae. I'm Jeremy here with Benji and Sam, and uh, how you doing, fellas? How you doing? So, in honor of Deadpool, we are going to discuss our favorite, Breaking of the Fourth Wall. The Fourth Wall. And as everyone knows, that kind of means when you're breaking the line of reality between the characters and the audience. And there's a billion examples. So I think we all have some fun stuff. All right. So let's start with Sam. What do you got? Okay. Um, so my, my favorite instance of Breaking the Fourth Wall um, is from Robin Hood and Tights. Um, nice. Mel, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks loves to break the fourth wall. Um, so in the in the very beginning of the movie, there's this scene where, like they do the credits and there's like um, people shooting like flaming arrows and they're like setting fire to these huts which with thatch roofs and the the people in the town are saying, um, uh, "This is not from memory. This is me reading a summary that that has the exact quotations." It says something <laughs> like, uh, "There must be a better better way of doing the credits." And somebody else says, "That's right. Every time they." make a Robin Hood movie, they burn our village down. And then, like... <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, like, after the credits are done, you see, like, a whole crowd of people and they all yell, Leave us alone, Mel Brooks! <laughs> yeah. Alright. Do you have, like... So, is, do, you have, do you have, like, a number two? Oh, yes. My number two is also from that same movie at the end. Um, <laughs> when they decide that, um... When, you know, after, like, they've, they've defeated... The sheriff of Nottingham and, and Patrick Rottingham. Stewart. Yes, yeah. Rottingham. Yes, Rottingham. Excuse me. Um, and Patrick Stewart, aka King Richard, has come mm-hmm. back and all of that. Um, they decide to make Dave Chappelle. He's like, I'm going to make Dave Chappelle the new. Uh, his character's name is a, a sneeze. A chew. A chew. A chew. Oh, I thought right, it was No, uh, his father okay. was a sneeze. Right, right. And he's a chew. So they're like, a chew, you will be the new sheriff of Rottingham. And he's like, a black sheriff? Worked in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, all right, Bench, what do you got? So I don't know if I have, like, a favorite. And there's just too many to choose from. But I have a few things that are that are noticeable to are notable to me. So, I mean, probably in, all, like, all throughout Annie Hall, like, Woody Allen is awesome with it. This is hilarious. I don't have a particular instance that I remember. But does um, he break the fourth wall, or does he just talk to the audience? Isn't that that's breaking the fourth wall? Well, talking directly to the audience is breaking the fourth wall, isn't yes. it? Sort of. And that's just, supposed to narrate If it is just a substitution for narration, it's not really breaking the fourth wall. But if but I I mean it's kinda okay, like a subset. It's like a subset, I guess. But well, really would you say that it. like a Shakespearean soliloquy is breaking the fourth wall? Mm, that, that's like a classic example. Well, that's that's where it's sort of like again, that's like eh, not exactly. Whereas there are definitely like if someone, it definitely happens in Shakespeare plays where they kind where occasionally they talk about 
it is that it is a play. Well, well Jeremy, I studied the theater, and um, <laughs> and I, it's it's pretty it's pretty explicit. I'm pretty sure, like when I uh, um, I learned about it, that that like the official definition is when you address the audience, um, and the the, the the main action of the play is is a um. It, it, it like you're breaking from the main action of the play to actually talk to the audience. So yeah, okay, but I think you're doing I, 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 listen, listen. I don't think every soliloquy is breaking the fourth wall, but in Shakespearean, in the Shakespeare's plays, there are times where people address the audience, like at the be- often at the beginning and the end. You know what I mean? And well, I think right. that's the cla- some of the classic examples. So I think it has to do with dream. The ending speech where Puck basically says, "Hey, sorry. You know, this was all just like you know." Fake, I think right. that I think that would count as breaking the fourth wall. Okay. Okay. But sure. Okay. So Annie Hall, Woody Allen in general, classic okay. Jew haters. Um, <laughs> classic Jew haters. Um, and I guess it doesn't work. I was gonna also point out um, Howard Stern and Private Parts. I think he does that a lot during it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess I could count that. Yeah. But I, he narrates during it, so I, I just I just remember I wouldn't say it's no, the he, best I've ever seen. He does break like, the fourth ball in that movie. I, yeah. But, you know, I, I remember I remember some fond moments with it. Um, and that's really and then, your favorite? Oh, okay. I, I don't really have a favorite. Like, I couldn't really think of it in time. All right, I just, well... I, I, I don't rather? know. But, but, but there's, one, there's one here that I, I would like to be my favorite. I haven't seen it. It <laughs> says on this website about breaking the fourth wall that you sent us, Jeremy. Yeah. It says, in the middle of Justin Bieber's documentary, Concert Girl, Never Say Never, the singer and Jaden <laughs> Smith break the fourth wall by telling the audience to pay attention to the film and to stop making out in the back row of the cinema. So I'll put that down as my favorite. Yeah. Breaking of the fourth wall. Excellent choice. Yeah, that doesn't count. Come on, you can't break the fourth wall of a documentary like that. Okay. Well, not according... You're wrong according to tvtropes.org, and you sent that. So I guess you're wrong by association. And everything you say for the rest of the podcast is wrong by definition, by default. So... In the words of David Bowie and Zoolander, disqualified. Alright, so, I mean, listen, you know, obviously the Mel Brooks stuff, he does that kind of stuff in all his movies. You know, similarly, you know, Monty Python has a zillion of them. You know, they're all, you know, there's so many that I, I can't really just say, oh, well, what about that one? You know, there's just so many. But if I can pick I, uh, specifically of movie stuff, that aren't, like, part of a general... Okay, these are all comedy things like that. I think Austin Powers, in the second movie, when they try to explain time travel, is a pretty good one. He's like, I think it will all work better if you just stop thinking about it and just enjoy yourself. And that goes for all of you out there, too. (laughs) I think my second favorite is in the Muppets. I think the Muppet movie, where they... He's like, wait, so what's that supposed to happen next? And they all get out a copy of the script to look at what it is. Like, oh, yeah, I guess so. we are supposed to have, like, a sing-along here or whatever it was. Uh, which which one is that from? The Muppet movie. The, the first, first one? Yes, the first one. When they meet up with um, Electric Mayhem. Right. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I always, I always crack up at that. Uh, but my number one. Breaking the Fourth Wall is actually from The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> which also, oh, right. which is a, a very interesting Breaking the Fourth Wall because at some points he, like, interacts in a sentence with, like, the book itself, 
like yeah, you know, the wind, like the wind blows the words around, and sometimes he talks to the narrator. Yeah. But my favorite part, the most egregious of all the breaking the fourth walls in that movie, is when Tigger gets stuck in the tree, so he slides down by tilting the book to the side, so he can <laughs> slide down. It's like it's just like what the. It's just it's just so brilliant and so stupid. That I love it. Those Winnie the Pooh movies that are pretty trippy. Well, yeah. that's true. The whole Heffalumps and Woozles thing. Is oh my god. Heffalumps and Woozles is, like, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> yeah. Man, these early cartoons are the trippy. Like, I don't think cartoons do in the same... I mean, like, kids' cartoons don't do in the same amount of trippiness anymore. Yeah, some do, I mean, but, you know. Okay. I think... I think you're right that the mainstream ones don't really do that the kind of way. Right. But I mean, because, I, I mean, as we all know, that Pink Elephant's on Parade and Dumbo. Well, that was, like, super... their third movie, you know. Yeah. It's like really trippy. <laughs> um, all right, so that that gets us primed up to talk about Deadpool, which is what we are all yeah. here to talk about. We've all, all seen right. the movie. Now, on a scale of one to pool, um, <laughs> what what do we got? What do we all think? Uh, what do you guys Dead. think? Dead. Oh. <laughs> oh, jokes! I got I got all kinds of jokes in the chamber tonight. All right, awesome. So overall, positive. What do you think? I mean, I, I mean, think yeah, I, I'd it. say overwhelmingly positive. I don't know what you guys think. Well, let's get... Uh, yes, I, I also agree. Um, overwhelmingly positive. Now, I'd like to just ask you sort of an interesting comparison question. Now, okay. I kind of had to remind Mr. Benjomi is here that 20th Century Fox is the one who produced this movie. And they've, and as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, they really only made one other really good movie, which is X-Men First Class. And X2 is what you mean to say. And X2. X2 does not hold up, but we can, whatever. Well, and and Days of Future Past. Half of Days of the Future Past. So, yeah, one and a half. But they also have three terrible Fantastic Four movies and at least two terrible X-Men movies. Origins Wolverine and uh, X3. I guess the the Wolverine was, was not bad. So... Do you think among all the Fox movies, is it the best of them, or yes, or one of the X Men's are better? What do you mm. think? No, I, I would say it's the best. Because mm. for me, it would only it's it's tricky because X Men First Class had some individual acting moments from like Fassbender and McAvoy and Jennifer Lawrence to a to a lesser extent that were better than in Deadpool. On the other hand. I think I enjoyed myself more at Deadpool. I would say just just overall Deadpool, just because in terms of being a, as complete as it was of, of a movie and things like that. I mean, just I don't know if they've come up with anything else that's been as solid. Um, wait, did did Fox do Spider Man? No, that was Sony. But I, I haven't gotten to that. Was gonna be I was gonna have like a follow up question, but uh-huh. so Sam, what do you think? That's I I well I did really enjoy Deadpool. I think I still would have to say that um, First Class was probably better. Mm-hmm. Although it's they're very different movies, so it's better than but but um but I think I would I would put First Class ahead of Deadpool. Yeah, I I, I mean it's okay to be misguided in your life. Like it's okay, <laughs> you know, like these these are okay things. You know, some Listen, you, find you, you know, we can't all be right all the time. Right, clearly. I mean, <laughs> you guys are demonstrating the point. Is that, I mean, a lot of this has to do with, to me, like, love of material. You know, Deadpool, 
you know, Ryan yeah. Reynolds loves the character. That you can tell the writers and the director really love the character. Mm-hmm. Brian Singer has never loved the X Men. He just likes the metaphor, you know. And I don't think he ever really got it. I mean, don't forget, like in the first movie, it's like, what do you expect, yellow spandex? And what did we get in Deadpool? Someone wearing yellow spandex. Yeah. And mm-hmm. guess what? It looked fine. It didn't look weird. Now, yeah, we've been prepped by you know Avengers stuff, but I mean, come on. They were well, just also, being dicks about it. I mean, also, also, I mean, that was the the, the first X Men movie. Is like that was kind of the beginning when they were starting of of the um True. of like the resurgence of like that era of superheroes. First class also went back to those like bright yellow yeah, uniforms. Brian Singer didn't direct that. I'm not. Yeah, but I thought we were talking about whether first class was. was oh better. well, right. That's I think you're right in that first class has a lot of better feel. You know, because it's in they they were in like the '60s you know era, you know they were I felt I guess they felt more comfortable, you know, showing off a little bit more color in their movie, and I enjoyed that a lot. Right. You know, it's more comic booky. Right. Which is something that feels like they've been afraid to do in a lot of their other movies. Now this next one though, Age of Apocalypse. I mean, that Psylocke costume basically looks like the comic book costume. I'm so pumped for that. I hope that movie's good. So, it's Brian Singer's last movie, so I also hope it's his best movie that he did. Because I feel yeah. like, after Usual Suspects, he's never had a really great movie. So, Brian Singer is doing that one? It's not Matthew Vaughn? I'm, I'm no. so confused. Because they first seem class. to like go back and forth a lot no, so he on only these X-Men did, movies. He only did First Class. He wrote a lot of... Uh, so, Brian Singer did past. Days of Future Past? He directed it. He directed but it. But Matthew Vaughn contributed a lot to the screenplay, which uh-huh. he also did to First Class. But uh-huh. then Matthew Vaughn went on to direct Kingsman, which is actually a pretty great movie. I don't think you guys yeah, saw right. it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't see it. Yeah, you know, a recommended movie, but whatever. It's not hardly a priority. Go on. You saying the point is? The point is that we're just talking about... Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, Brian Singer, he said that this is going to be his last X-Men movie. Okay. So... You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm hoping to have more interesting And he doesn't pull a Joss Whedon uh, with Avengers 2? No, that's, that's unfair. You know, Joss Whedon was, was really burnt out. Of course, of course. No, listen, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not really... I actually... No, 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 you're right. Fair enough. I and, actually have no animus towards Joss Whedon for that because he's, he's like, pretty much God and all that. Um, but, like... Um... All right, well, yeah, I, I I hope so too. I mean, I guess I guess that sucks. I mean, if he's, I see what you're saying about him not being being really an X Men fan and all that. Like, like don't think he ever and so so that that would would make it possibly unfortunate with Apocalypse because that's someone really to nerd out about. I mean, I nerd out about Apocalypse. Well, hopefully he's was... getting like better input from you know writers about it. You know, which maybe he is considering it's a very weird property. So hopefully they're getting a little something. I that. I hope so. My worry is just that, like Avengers two, it might just be too big to be good. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, like we're comparing it yeah. to Daredevil, uh, not to Daredevil, to uh, to Deadpool, and um, I think part of the brilliance of getting back to Deadpool, part of the brilliance of Deadpool is how small it is. You know how few characters it has, and how fairly straightforward the story is, and that that's like really a strength of that movie. And I think that like the bigger you get the harder it is to make a good movie. You know, you have more yeah. characters and more plot and, like, you know, more stuff going on and, like, more villains and, you know, and, like... Yeah. And at a certain point, it just gets to be, like, too much 
and then you end up with something like you know the second Avengers movie, which which wasn't a bad movie, but it like wasn't really good either. There there are far there are far like worse there are examples of far worse things that try to be too big. I mean, Avengers two was by no means like a piece of shit. It just, no, it just but, and that's not what I'm saying. But like, but yeah. Avengers two is a movie that was made by very competent people and had like very competent actors. Like the people who were making it and in it knew what they were doing and had right. like proven themselves before. And it still was like you know, kind of a mess and kind of disappointing because, right. like, I think it was just, you know, I mean, they, they'd set something for themselves that just was ultimately impossible. I think that's I, true. I the pro- but let's, we don't, let's not get into a whole complaining about Avengers 2 here because we could talk for a long time about <laughs> that as well. But, okay, but, let's but, complain about Deadpool instead. Well, the, <laughs> but the follow-up, though, is actually a relevant question, which is how does it compare to all the other comic book movies and let's just start by marvel only because if we have to start getting to dc that's another matter mm-hmm. so first of all compare it to all the other marvels so the difference you know spider-man's one through three and then amazing spider-man one and two we can already get rid of those two obviously and spider-man three so there's spider-man yeah. one spider-man two and then you have the captain america's iron man's thor's the two's avengers Spider-Man is not Marvel. I mean, I guess technically it's not Marvel. No, I'm saying you're using the universe. Yeah, not the idea. So you're talking like strictly Marvel, not DC. Right, because I'm just trying to think, how do we compare? Because we've already said Deadpool's either the top or in the top two of specifically the the 20th Century Fox movies. I I mean, I I would argue it's like, honestly, I would argue it's in the top three of, of, of any of the comic book movies that have come out. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating that. I mean, maybe if I, I've only seen it once now, mm-hmm. so maybe if I saw it a second time, I think differently. But, but it's like, I'd say pretty much the top three are Guardians of the Galaxy, Dark Knight, and Deadpool by now. I mean, maybe Avengers in a certain way, because, because it's just, it's just got so much going on and, and creating this whole universe. But, um, but I mean that honestly, that is how I feel. About what do you think, it. Sam? Do you think it's uh, already belongs in that top echelon? I, I would put it not quite that high. I think it, it ranks about number five for me in Marvel movies. Like, if my top five were, let's say, like, um, Avengers, Guardians, um, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. X-Men First Class, and then I'd probably put Deadpool after those four. Yeah, well... I mean, all right, so it's interesting. And, and Spider-Man 2, I guess, should be in there somewhere, but I'm not... It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I'm not quite sure, like, yeah. where I would I'll, place it. Right. Well, all right. Well, let's think about this part of it. Because you know, Betty already brought up The Dark Knight. I mean, I think Batman Begins is also really great. But is there any other really great DC movie? I mean... I'm yeah, I don't think there are... Besides for those two, things. I don't think there's really any other contenders that, you know, that would that would break into that you know, top five or so list. Right. I feel like I feel like I Good saw point. something recently that there is something that has to do with DC. Oh, well, I mean, maybe, I mean, like, I mean, I feel like Suicide Squad, they're trying something with that, and maybe that could help them break well, out of... I think they're trying to copy Guardians of the Galaxy, but that doesn't yeah. mean it, will, it could still be good. Yeah, and listen, I'm pretty confident Jared Leto can pull off a great Joker. I agree, and Will Smith looks like he's having some fun. So, you know, I prefer fun Will Smith to... And I guess there are the the Hellboy movies. Those are DC, right? Oh, I guess. I I don't really... I mean, no, no. So I guess, but I guess they do certainly count as comic book movies. So if you want to put it that perspective, 
if you think, I like the first Hellboy, I do not like the second Hellboy. Mm-hmm. But I think, for me, it's funny because the first, I don't want to go get into a whole thing here, but I think the a lot of the first Hellboy movie holds up really well, but then a lot of the empty action isn't quite as interesting, but whatever. So... No, I wouldn't. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily put either Hellboy movie up in, up there in the top five. I think I think we can safely say, or at least I would say, that Deadpool is better than each of those movies. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to toss them out there as like, you know, somewhat underrated DC movies that sure. are not that. I mean, you know, obviously we had our whole thing about like the giant podcast that we did, you know, years ago about comic book movies. Right. That was before. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and before I think even the Avengers came out, maybe. Was it? Maybe. Maybe was it, it was. Before the Avengers came out. Maybe. No, I think. No, I don't I think, think it was. We, no, you're right. It was. No, because right Jeremy, because Jeremy, remember before we started this podcast, you and I did a little podcast thing, yeah. um, about about Avengers. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's interesting because you know I I'd be hard pressed to think of another great one in that you know the top edge on there's a lot of, a lot of crappy ones just yeah. so many so many bad ones i mean oh by the way i didn't include in the marvel universe too that i think also jessica jones is like up there with just being incredible yeah, like, that's as, the best marvel things as a show i'm just i'm just saying like that's i would i would put the tv shows in like a different category yeah yeah because like then you're gonna have to start talking about like cartoons and you know there's like all kind of stuff so, so we should just stick to movies. Yeah, like, cause you know, I mean, sure, Dread, the the new recent Dread movie was pretty good. Uh, what was that was other it? one? Yeah, Sin City, the first one. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is kind of based on a comic book. You know, there's a lot of little things like that. It is. Yeah. It is based on a comic book. Uh, yeah. So those, you know, they're definitely good stuff out there. But I think we were really thinking of, you know, the mainstream comics, and I think among them. You know, Deadpool is, you know, I, it's, it's up there. I really had a good So, time. so yeah, so, so Benji and I have given our, our rankings, you know, approximate rankings. Where where do you place it right, on so the I, list of, uh, you know, it's like top comic book movies of all time? Well, I gotta put Dark Knight at number one. Mm-hmm. And I think Guardians go, Guardians goes after that, then, then Captain America 2, and then Deadpool, and then First Class. I guess I don't see what, like your guys' thing about Captain. We don't have to talk about this for a while, but really, Jerry, Captain. You you put both um, Deadpool and uh, and and X Men First Class above Avengers. Yes. Okay. Listen. The, the, I, I controversial opinion. <laughs> I know, listen, I like the Avengers. My my wife but, is calling from the other room. I agree. But I I actually <laughs> remember when we listened to the commentary. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that more than I like watching the movie the first time because it was just so well, interesting. He had such a fun commentary. It was a good commentary. But I don't understand the, the Captain the Captain America thing. I mean, like I thought it was really good. I, I I just I guess I think of it as like a a better like a a better action movie, like a, just a better version of action movie. Like it's like I feel like it's like maybe slightly below Avengers. I was like, I kind of have a feel about it. Because I, I thought there were some kind of weak parts with it, especially the, the villain or whoever, the, the, the guy was his old friend and stuff. Yeah, I really yeah. thought that was very clever. And there are weak parts in everything. But, you know, don't forget, once you start... Non-Deadpool, Jeremy. Once you rewatch The Dark Knight for the seventh time, you start seeing all those plot holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. No, I've, I've, I've 
had many plot holes pointed out to me about the Darknet. Everything has plot holes. Of course it does, but I don't yeah. even think I paid attention to plot holes until the third time I saw that movie. Right. So, whatever. Yeah. You know, well, that's, that's the mark of a good movie, if, like, it can suck you in to the point where you just, like, completely don't notice the plot holes, even watching yeah. it the second time, the yeah. third time. All right, yeah. so let's get into Deadpool itself, you know. All right, do, should we do a spoiler warning? Uh, yes, oh, <laughs> we're yeah, going yeah, to spoil yeah. uh, Deadpool, of course. The entire thing. Including, yeah. including, including the entire thing from front to finish, post-credits. All right, so. so let's talk about the first thing, which is... Who here knows what the credit scene at the very end was referencing? Oh, it was Ferris Bueller, right? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. I, I actually, Bueller. someone pointed that out to me. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I didn't. Oh no, yeah. I. <laughs> I knew. I knew right away. <laughs> it was well. The thing is, because it looked, it was made up. I'm exactly not like you old folks, you know. I don't remember. Uh, Whatever. I didn't. Yeah. See Sorry for Bueller. being old. I didn't see Ferris Bueller when it came out in the theater. But, no, you know, but like even if you watch Ferris Bueller on TV, they have that scene. Yeah, they they, they include that scene at the end when when you watch it on TV. Right, and he was wearing a robe. That's why yeah. Deadpool was wearing a robe over his costume. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't want to get into what he said because you know I just think that's interesting. Now here's my question: uh, the DMX song "X" going to give it to you. Right. Do you think, why do you think they use that? Do you think that they actually use that just because it sounded cool, or because it has the letter X in it? Oh, I definitely think it was intentional with the X that they yeah. were like trying to reference X Men. And totally fit with the feel of the of the movie too. Right. So, so. well, speaking of the X Men, what do you guys think of how the X Men were portrayed in this movie? Um, I think well, I I kind of I'm kind of conflicted about it because like on the one hand it felt kind of weird and like sort of cheap that like you know there's only like two. X-Men, and they're both, like, kind of minor X-Men, and, like, you don't see any other X-Men, but then they kind of joked about it and made reference right. to it. Yeah. And in it's a way... It's weird how they... How they the, the, other, like the other side of it is that, like, in a way it's too. kind of appropriate, because, like, it's just hard to imagine Deadpool and Charles Xavier, like, having a conversation with each other. <laughs> right? <laughs> Would like, Charles Xavier be able to, like, read Deadpool's mind if he's breaking the fourth <laughs> wall? That's an interesting oh, thing. Oh, well, about. that's an interesting question, because I think... The, the the canonical ways of talking about Deadpool is either he really is aware that it's a comic book or he's going crazy or he is crazy. <laughs> and that's why he thinks he's in a comic book. Those are the right. two ways to interpret it. What does um, it matter? Because the, I mean, and, uh, it's a fun thing to think about, but uh, the experience of us is that he's talking to us anyway. Yeah. Well, um, right. So maybe Xavier would think he's just crazy. Right, right, right. Well, in any case, I'm just saying like, it's, it's just, hard to like picture Deadpool like interacting with like the X-Men in like a more serious way like especially the way that the, the X-Men generally are depicted in the movies which is like you know fairly like serious and and like you know straight laced right. and like yeah. you know it's sort of like I think they had, like the way that they presented Colossus was a little bit exaggerated in terms of his like you know boy scout like goody two shoes right. sort of personality which they were doing like very intentionally Sure. Um, you know, as a contrast to Deadpool, but um, but, but I because did... he had like a he had he had like a a protege. I feel like that was also part of the reason he was doing that. But yeah, go ahead. Right. No, sure. but I but I mean I ultimately I would say that I did like it. Um, I liked that there were X Men. I liked that they had Colossus. Like we, you know, I like Colossus. He's a good character, and like we and haven't this is seen the him. Only time and, like, he's been done well. And and yes, yes, yeah. he was done well. Um, like I said, the personality is like a little bit exaggerated and like, you know, sort of over the top, but like, still, it was good. 
And um, I really liked Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I recognized the name, but... Oh, you don't I, remember? I didn't, I recognized the name, but I couldn't remember who the character was, so I had to, like, look her up afterwards. Okay, do you remember um, She was created by Grant Morrison. Correct. Right? And she was a very, very minor character. Like, she barely Extremely did anything. Minor. I could tell um, you exactly where she showed up. In the very first issue, uh, when Genosha gets destroyed, you know, the Island of Mutants. Right. Uh, Emma Frost is teaching a class of telepaths, and then this one girl who looks very gothy and weird-looking says, like, listen, I know you guys don't believe me, but we're all about to die. And then everything blows up. Right. And then later, when Emma has already turned into Diamond and the other X-Men have come to try to get any any survivors, you know, Emma comes over and says, you know, please help her. Her name was D- Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She picked the name herself. Yeah. And it's sort of, like, kind of amusing, but also kind of sad because she just died. Right. So it's sort of, you know, that's like a Grant Morrison thing. And then, of course, Josh Whedon used her again in his run on Astonishing X-Men. When Emma Frost goes crazy and, you know, there's a bunch of different telepaths around, and it turns out they're all fake. One of them was Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Mm-hmm. So okay. Josh Whedon got to make fun of the name a little bit as well. You know, so Kitty's like, ugh, I can't believe they're letting anyone come up with this. Their own, you know, their own name these days. <laughs> right. So yeah. obviously, she's so, a telepath. So she's a, she's so, supposed to be a telepath. They, apparently, they gave her the powers of a different mutant whose name is Cannonball, right. um, well, who they had originally yeah, planned I mean, to be in the movie, and then they cut yeah. him and whatever. Um, but the point is, she also really worked as a character, both like having a ridiculous name and also being the like yeah. sort of like you know, like dour, like gothy teenage. <laughs> character oh, who like Deadpool got to like play movie. off. Yeah, yeah it was like a different type of foil for him to play off of yes. than right. like than Colossus like, was. Because 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 it's like you know if you think of if you think of every character as an, as a different aspect of the personality of the protagonist, then like she she does represent him because you know, he he kind of likes her you know like that's that's the whole thing because because she, she's like a dick and she's like you know. Um, she doesn't really care. You can tell she doesn't really care about rules stuff. Maybe she's not as disrespectful to Colossus. Like maybe she's. It, see, it seems like she respected Colossus. It didn't seem like she was like disrespectful to him, but she was kind of like a, a no bullshit. You know, like teenager. No, I don't whatever. think she's really a no bullshit character. She's like she's a teenager. Bullshit. It's all. It's I, like I don't know, that's what I mean. She's yeah, like, right. she's like, she's. It's all an act, and I think that he likes the act. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Right. Because like that's what he is. He's he's just like yeah. putting up an act. It's all performance. Well, that's the whole thing. Actually, this, so okay, wait. There, there 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 are a couple things I want to mention. The first first to sort of like answer the question we we're talking about, like the treatment of Colossus. Speaks to a larger issue that I was thinking about while you guys were talking, which is, I mean, this this was, movie was very popular. It did really well, and and I think with good, a good reason. It'll be interesting to see if this actually affects the rest of the universe in an interesting way if people kind of respect it like will, will this I don't want to say cheapen but will this have people take other things less seriously in the Marvel universe um, I don't think it necessarily will but I think they sort of run that risk even, even though it's awesome um, well I because... think that was that was part of the reason that the movie hasn't been made until now aside from the fact that they were just afraid like oh you know it's going to bomb or nobody want to watch it or whatever I think they were afraid that like this will like cheapen the X Men product or like make people like sort of like look at it, you know, in, in like a a more like you know mocking sort of way. Right. 
Um, I guess that's probably why it's good they didn't have um, they didn't have other X Men in there. Well, I think kind of, I think that's also part of the reason that they didn't yeah. want to have the bigger X Men characters is they but were like, if he just like mocks everything, like that's like, gonna like taint yes, our brand somehow. I got I got to tell you, a lot of this was a budget thing. The movie only cost about fifty million to make, which is I know it sounds like a lot, but for superhero movies, it's actually not, and it already made three times that. That's a great yeah. return on investment. But yeah. so. A couple of things about that. I mean, they tried to get Wolverine to do a cameo, but they couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it was a lot of it was, can we get this character? No. Can we get this character? No. And then someone said, like, well, what about Negasonic Teenage Warhead? And apparently the guy was like, who? So yeah. they're like, yeah, her. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, exactly. So that's yeah. a, whoever said it, you know, was, you know, I think I think it was one of the – who was the director – you know, that's a guy who has some real deep knowledge of X-Men, you know. Cool. Well, you're talking about out. a character who only appeared in, like, three issues ever, right? She's, like, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very obscure. Yeah, so I, I really admired that. And when I when they first introduced her, I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, he yeah. treated it correctly with his, like, that's the best name I've ever heard. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. He's so, like, can we so trade guess, names? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, speaking of names, one of my favorite parts of the movie when he was like, yes, I'll be Captain Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's like, he's like Deadpool. Yeah, Cap- Captain Deadpool. <laughs> uh, no, let's just, let's just keep it at Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing about it, too, is that he was also so Ryan Reynolds through the whole thing. That, that was yeah, a great thing, was. too. Like, it really, it really worked. It was a superhero well, for Ryan Reynolds. Thing. That's what I've been, that's what I've been saying for, like, a long time. Ever since Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool, like, horribly in, um, in that X-Men movie. In not X, his fault. In, in, not his fault, but, um, but in, in Wolverine Origins, was that it? Yeah. Yeah, X-Men Origins, um, Wolverine, yes. And, and you know, I mean, I said a long time ago, like, the irony of that movie is that, like, Ryan Reynolds actually would make a good Deadpool. And it turns out that I was right. He did make a good Deadpool. Well, you know, he pushed like, to like, be in that role. That's why he was Yeah, captured. no, I know. Yeah. I know. He pushed for it. And then, I yeah. think <laughs> at the end when he's, like, saying to Inara, he's like, he's like, <laughs> I need to see what they did to me. They did to me down there. Super penis. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, speaking, speaking of Anara, because um, I also I I had seen the trailer, but I just didn't like put it together that oh. it was Mark Bakarin. Of course not. Oh really? Um, and then I was watching the movie, and I was like, wait a second, that's that's a that's Mark Bakarin. That's Anara. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's yes. Awesome. Always awesome. I think she's gonna look amazing until she's a hundred. I think she's that type of person. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Obviously, she still looks very good, but you know. I mean, I you know she's an actress and stuff, but but uh, but honestly, she looks like maybe only. I mean, she still looks great. I'm not even saying she looks like 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 worse now, or whatever. But she only looks like slightly different than she she did in Firefly. She's just oh yeah, yeah. no, I mean yeah, and Nathan like, Fillion like, looks much worse. Well, yeah, Which, most of them do. They all they all look older. Yeah. yeah but, well, you know. oh, I, I actually I want to I want to discuss something actually kind of about that point, but towards the end of the podcast, so let's put a flag in that because I actually want to. I actually want to mention something about that, about like how she looks and all that stuff. But uh, all right. let's get back. All right, to wait. Um, so oh, wait. Oh, Benji, you go ahead. Well, I, okay. I, I was going to open up um, a, a point about sort of an, anal- an analysis I had about kind of a thematic thing. Um, but I don't know if there's also you guys want to talk about. 
Because I, I had a, I want to see if you guys agreed with my analysis. All right. Be before we get into thematic stuff, um, can we can we have another round of Sam's complaint corner? Oh. oh yeah. Oh, Jeremy. What? Cue the music. Oh, hold on. Let me let me see if I can find <laughs> that. <laughs> my favorite part of the show. Well, listen. I mean. It's it is a tradition. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I it's didn't a have it's to... a fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Well, <laughs> it's like right, so, so like some people listening to the podcast and like you know the parents are listening and then Sam's <laughs> complaint corner starts and like they're like they're like Audrey Sam's complaint corner. <laughs> All right, I got it. Do you hear that? No, no. All play right. again. All right, so now it's time for Sam's complaint corner. Ah, <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Let me just remind you. It's um, it's time for. Uh... Sam's complaint corner. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the podcast. All right, awesome. So time time for Sam's complaint corner. Um, so I have I do have a complaint about Deadpool. Um, and um, this was kind of brought up a little bit by us talking about um, Ryan McCarr and her character's name is Vanessa, I think. Right, yes, Vanessa. That's correct. Um, so my complaint is that while this movie was awesome in many ways, um, I thought that even though it had a lot of female, relatively, a lot of female characters in it, make, sure, yeah. the female characters are relatively underused and, like, kind of really, like, disappointing in a way. I mean, you have, um, you have Vanessa, who's a love interest. She's, she's cool, she's fun, but she doesn't really do anything in the movie. You have Angel Dust who, like, barely even has any lines. I think she barely speaks in the entire movie. Yeah, but uh, it's played Gina by, Carano. So... Played by Gina Carano, who, who did a very good job of, like, physical acting and, like, having, like, a physical presence and, like, being threatening, which is awesome. But she barely, like, said anything or, or did anything other than just, like... That was the right you know, decision for that for that actress. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so maybe, maybe Gina Carano can't act. But the point is, that was disappointing. Then you have you have um, Al. What's her name? Blind Al. What do they call her? Yes. Yeah, she was awesome. I have no complaints about her whatsoever. Um, I really and... miss cocaine, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who was like a fun character, but like you know really wasn't in the movie very much and, and like didn't do much also. So that is my my major complaint about this movie is that I wish that, like, the women, and it, it's, I mean, it's great that they had, like, four different women who were prominent in the movie, but I wish that they had actually, like, been, like, more important, done more things, you know, just been more active, yeah, but um, and had, like, yeah, you know, taken, right. like, a more more active role in the movie, um, um, rather so than, than just being, right. so that's, that's my, right. my complaint, um, this has been Sam's Complaint Corner. <laughs> Jerry, uh, cue the music. <laughs> Listen, Sam. <laughs> I and, think, um, yeah, okay, go ahead. Please respond. I think you're, you know, you're right in general about that, you know? Complaints <laughs> accepted! <laughs> but, that being said, I think I have to make the same point that I kind of made about Star Wars, which is that, you know, there's an aspect of it which derives success from being more mainstream in a sense. And I think that it's harder to take risks in certain sense, like they were already taking so many risks mm -hmm. that I think maybe you know they weren't ready to just like oh fine you apologist scum change things up entirely. But I uh, I mean like listen you know it's sort of interesting. Like I feel like 
there were probably things that could have been tweaked a little bit better with some of that stuff. Like I thought Vanessa was pretty good in the beginning of the movie. Like they, they, the way that they progress the relationship is very good. Yeah, it was amusing. No, the the romance was good, and that's I never thought that was something I would say about a Deadpool movie. The romance was good. I think that the way they made it accessible and the way they really made it like an interesting, complex movie that it, it, the genre is a love story, or this one of the genres. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so I think I think that's 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 kind of that's kind of what, what made it work really well. Um, I mean, I, I so I was going to make this point at the end, but this I feel like segues nicely into into the point I was going to make, and I'm going to use this word, which I kind of hate myself for using because I don't like it when people would just bring this up as in general, but I kind of feel like it fits. There were some problematic elements oh, here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, but I... I <laughs> you use that word. You use could, the P word. It's, I, 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 I have to point this out because cause it's something I felt, I felt pretty, pretty strongly about when I saw it. Now, I, mostly, I don't think the movie's problematic or anything like that, but the fact that... He, at the end, can look however he wants, and she, I mean, I have no problem with Inara looking like Inara. I mean, that's, I, I personally have no problem with that, obviously. But she looks preserved completely. She wasn't damaged at all by the, by being in that, in that, in that tube. Not that she should, but, but he's kind of, like, he's all fucked up and stuff. Now, obviously, I mean, that's the way it happened in the plot, so whatever. I mean, that, that's just how it happened. But I, I feel like, I feel like that's kind of like, I, sometimes I feel like with the writers of certain things, I feel like you know they're like living out their their fantasies of certain uh, of certain things. So like I guess just the idea uh, that like the I guy can look. Oh my God. Go ahead. Uh, no, please continue. I'm just like scoffing because I don't think it's <laughs> at all relevant. Uh, please finish your thought. It was my one. Listen, I, I put the movie up there in the top three of uh, of of, uh, of Marvel movies, so I'm not complaining about the movie. But I, but it was something that pointed out to me just this idea that that like he 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 could look really shitty and all that, and she was like pretty much okay with it. But I feel like the audience would not. I, I mean, part of it is I feel like the audience would not have liked it if she if she looked like shitty in it. Because I I kind of thought they were going to go in that direction, like kind of the Shrek direction. Um, in a certain sense, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you know. What I mean. So I, I, I felt like I was like, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to say the message of it is wrong or anything like that, but I kind of feel like it's, it's this, it's this like, I don't know, kind of unrealistic wish fulfillment thing. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying about like you know the the Shrek ending. Um, I think I mean like obviously the reason she didn't look like that is because for one, he was like tortured for weeks and she, you know, wasn't. And do we even know if she was injected with the, the mutant serum? No. Did, did Ajax say that he injected her? He didn't. Like we thought that maybe he did, but no, 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 no. All he um, did, he put her in that. My wife is saying he said he didn't. So, so she, yeah, he was just going to kill her. Um, the point was he put her in that thing to like torture her. Right. Exactly. But, also, even aside from that, even if he had, like, turned her into a mutant, um, most of the people that go through that mutation process don't end up with, like, weird, messed up skin like Deadpool. Most of them end up still looking normal. No, he did that. She, he ended up with the messed up skin because, he, like, he put him in that special tube. Right. And, like, sort of accelerated the torture process, essentially. You know? Yeah. Okay. And because... Well, but anyway, regardless... 
moving moving away from like the the specific you know um practical like plot based explanation right um to the more like thematic explanation um i benji i think i think you have a fair point um also knowing a little bit about the character in the comics the character vanessa's character um she is a mutant in the comics and i think she looks weird in the comics and like she might like in the next movie might like gain mutant powers and also have her appearance change at some point to be more more true to the comic book um character but um but also i mean like in a way like like you like you were saying the movie's already taking a lot of risks and like maybe maybe that was like one one step too far that they weren't willing to do maybe they should have i mean shrek came out a long time ago i I think people would be like comfortable with that kind of stuff by now but yeah but i okay i I, I guess i have but the idea but i don't think there's any true you know real you know feeling that this is wish fulfillment because okay maybe maybe i'm choosing the wrong the wrong word with it i i I sometimes have an issue and maybe it's a personal thing but i i just just an issue of mine but i i I do sometimes have have an issue sometimes in movies and tv when they when they when they get like certain i feel like they get certain aspects of like human dynamics or relationships like kind of wild you know like like i guess um i don't say wildly wildly wrong but it's just like i i'm trying to to say this um it, it just it just kind of felt like um it, it was more like the the like i don't see the idea behind it because i don't think they were, i don't think they're trying to push an idea or anything like that but uh, but i'm just saying is like we're okay with the fact that i mean the whole point is we're okay with the fact that he doesn't he looks shitty at, at the end but but i don't i, I don't Does think he, he doesn't I, look that bad yeah i i call it the dinklage effect you know oh, yeah in, in game yeah. of thrones you know uh Tyrion's nose gets cut off and in the show they give him a oh. a, a friendly scar and they <laughs> even have like a little I think he's quite fetching with that scar, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think Well in the books yes. Jay said that to him. And you were you're <laughs> totally right, Jeremy, because like he yeah. his he he even even with whatever prosthetics they gave him and makeup and stuff, like he doesn't look that bad right. in the movie. I, I, I think people are capable of handle. I think that's part of it too. I think people are capable of handling people looking subpar or something like that. I, there, there's just something there I feel like is just like imbalanced. Well, I mean, so. I'm being very nitpicky. Like, I, I, I was and satisfied. Let me, with let me ask you this, though. Benji. Based yeah. on the portrayal of their relationship in the movie, if, like, if Vanessa had gotten, like, all, like, horribly scarred and had her, like, skin messed up and looked ugly, like, do you think that like Deadpool would like no longer have loved her? No, I think he would have stayed with her. I think yeah, he would have. Exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah. so I guess that's a point. Yeah. I, mean, I, listen, I guess that's a point. This is this is something that's been around. Let me give you an, another example. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read Harry Potter, but in the <laughs> in the end of the sixth book, which I know Benji did not read, and it was done so poorly in the movie that I'm sure he doesn't know what I'm referencing. Uh, Bill Weasley gets attacked. I did, I did read Half Blood Prince. Bill Weasley gets attacked by a werewolf while he's a human and gets his face scratched up. And then, you know, Molly Weasley, his mom is like, I guess, Flo, you're not going to be interested anymore because he's not as attractive. He's like, oh, I would be attractive enough for both of us. Eh? Well, well, maybe. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, exact uh, very, quote. Very accurate. Exact quote. My point is, well, though, you, know, you, know what's, you know what's wrong about that whole thing? <laughs> You know what's wrong about the whole thing? The fact that you said I didn't fucking read the Half-Blood Prince, which I did. That's the one with the pensive, right? Yes. 
All right, fine. Ah, uh, lick my balls, Jeremy. Take lick my balls. Head. Okay, fine. So you read that one. <laughs> All right. But that doesn't <laughs> and happen. I read the last two and the first one in Half of Chamber of Secrets. All right. And little bits and pieces of Goblet of Fire. Okay. <laughs> Our the next point expert. is it's it's a similar kind of concept. It's like it's been around that kind of thing about the you know the beautiful woman being able to accept the not as attractive guy. I think. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's very old. I think I it's think. a trope, so yeah. I think you, there is something there, for sure. Yeah, but, but, Sam, but Sam, you bring up but, a good point. I do think I do think that character would have been fine with with Vanessa. Like he clearly wanted Vanessa. That was that was the whole point that he yeah. wanted Vanessa. Like you know, um, so I, I think he would be okay with it. And also, you know, they they did they did mention it wasn't like she totally was like, oh, I don't care. She was just like she she was like uh, um, she said like after a lot of drinks. Yeah, you know, right. Exactly. So, so, you know, <laughs> it, it seemed, well, you know, listen, I thought that their rapport was really great. Yeah. In general. Yeah. You know, just yeah. a huge strength of the movie. And, you know, a lot of times you have movies where the room, you know, like the romance is kind of crappy or it's like, let's yeah. just toss this in at the end. It's, like, it's, it's tough to do well. It's tough to yeah. do no, well. This was, Most, the romance yeah. was like very much central to this movie and they put a lot of effort into it and like really like. You know, that was, I mean, I would say the romance is even like, like, you know, the heart of the movie. Well, it's a love story. So, yeah. I mean, Valentine's Day movie for real, as it turns out. <laughs> it really was. I mean, I think, even though I just went on that 10, that 10 minute, like, sort of like, like a militant feminist, like, tirade right there, I, uh, I, I still, like, you know, like, I, 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 I love the shit out of the movie. Like, it was incredible. Well, um, I was really glad, you know, when the movie starts, I was like, how are they going to start this? And they and they start with, you know, just call me Angel over the credits that are all, you know, fake credits that, you know, I thought that yeah. was great. You know, yeah. the, written by the real heroes. Yeah. You know, British villain, <laughs> hot chick, right, right. you know, some, sullen some teenager. Tool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A CGI character. So that was all very good. Uh, that... <laughs> um, so that was good, you know, and of course, I think my favorite part of the movie is when he had the fourth wall break inside the fourth wall break, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, or another way of talking about that is a flashback in a flashback. Uh, mm. I I once wrote a story with that, but nobody read it, whereas everybody saw it. Then. <laughs> so <laughs> I just like seeing that. I probably read it. My point Did I read is, it? I like, I love that kind of stuff. So I was really happy to see it, even though I'm sure a lot of people didn't find it that funny. I think a lot of people still did. Yeah. That's like 16 holes. One thing that I want to point out that I really liked was the, the style of storytelling with the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, specifically right. because I think it, it really helped a lot with the pacing of the movie. Yeah. And the fact that they kind of just gave us Deadpool up front and, like, had some action, and then they did, like, a little backstory, and then they did more action, and they had some more backstory, um, that really, like, broke the movie up in a way that was really good. And if they had just done it, like, straightforwardly, in, like, strict chronological order, I think it would have been a much worse movie. It would have been, like, you know, the romance would have been fine, then there would have been, like, a really boring part in the middle when he has cancer, and then there's the torture scenes... And the whole time we're like, this isn't Daredevil. I mean, Dead I keep calling him Daredevil. This isn't Deadpool. Where's Deadpool? I want to see Deadpool. It'll be like that, um, <laughs> you know, Ang Lee's The Hulk. 
when like everyone complains because like the Hulk didn't show up for the whole first hour of the movie. Or yeah. it's like that episode of Poochie on The Simpsons. Yes. Homer's like, and when Poochie's not around, everyone should be asking, "Where's Poochie?" Yes. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. But instead, and and <laughs> also, just... it would have been like, oh, here's another superhero origin story, like the same yeah. fucking origin yeah. story that we've seen, yeah. you know, twenty times. So they like they broke it up. They did it out of order. They like you know showed him you know there's present day, there's action, there's like weird you know fourth wall talking directly to the audience, you know, and that and that really I think made this movie feel different in a way that like if they had done it just chronologically, it, it wouldn't have felt as unique and different from yeah. the rest of the Marvel movies. Well, wasn't it like right at the beginning where he said? You know, who expected me to make a movie? I'm not going to tell you which Australian guy right, I had to, right. like, suck <laughs> off to get it. Yeah. <laughs> it rhymes with... Oh my God. It rhymes with... When, in the movie. end, she takes off his mask and he's wearing a huge hat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be a great moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also great because Hugh Jackman as a man definitely has a sense of humor. No, about, yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah. true. Um, uh, they, they had two different People magazines. Of two different sexiest men alive, one with Ryan right. Reynolds and another with Hugh Jackman. Yes, yes. <laughs> did you catch? Did you catch the? You know, there were more than one reference. Did you? Did you see when they had the reference to Wolverine? You know, X Men Origins Wolverine, when they had a little figure. They had the little figure that of the bad Deadpool. Oh yeah, you sure you're talking yes. about yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I mean, because it was like, oh, nice, and it was just like on for like a second. But it's like that was a good little shout out there. <laughs> you know, that was you know, that was clever. Well, let me ask a question. Actually, I was wondering about this because I um I just when I was looking at Deadpool stuff um on YouTube, there was just like a a mix of just like best of Deadpool, and it was from like um I think it was from the the, the cartoon movie uh, Hulk versus Wolverine. And by the way, uh, he's he's Deadpool's hilarious in it. Like <laughs> it was actually really funny. But like, right. but he kept making he kept. He kept like taking digs at Wolverine. Now I, I'm not sure if it was because of that movie and because of the whole like Weapon X thing, or, or is that like a, a thing that happens? Does, does oh, a Deadpool no. specifically pick a Wolverine? That's a thing. Because he also oh, that's has because awesome. he also has regeneration, you know. So it's sort of right, like, right. But he doesn't have the the skeleton. But he actually regenerates that's, faster than Wolverine. That's, uh, that, that, that's awesome because like Wolverine, Wolverine's not exactly the comic relief in X Men, but he like sort of has a little bit of that, like slightly. You know what I mean? And he, and he like, kind of shits on Scott, and he's, like, kind of, like, more badass. <laughs> it's great that Deadpool's, like, shitting on him and stuff. That's, like, a, a really good dynamic. Because well, I, yeah. I, I didn't realize that. I was like, that's a, that's a really good thing to continue. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, listen. You know, people are already... I mean, might as well bring up this. You can guess, um, pretty soon after the movie came out, they said, I think there's going to be a sequel. Like, in, yeah. like, in, like, a week before the movie came out, they're like, I, yeah, we're, we're announcing Deadpool 2. And then, oh, they announced it before the movie came yeah, out? Yeah, because they were just, like, so confident. But then when the movies, like, really started making money, they're like, okay, you know, there definitely will be a Deadpool 2. Not only, not that, only will there be a Deadpool 2, but, but it'll X, have, like, probably double the budget. And not only that, but they're talking, oh, we're going to have an X-Force movie, and it'll be rated R. You know, and they're <laughs> like, yeah, now they're really, like, getting into it. I, I mean, I mean yeah. listen, there's so many ways to interpret this, but, you know, look at it this way. You know, the marketing machine was fantastic, in general, it was just yeah. such an yeah. amazing, you know, yeah. if you look at that. The Star, were actually you know, funny. Yeah, like, that's, the, that's the thing. I mean, Star Wars, yeah. Deadpool, those are, t- you know, those are two amazing marketing campaigns, you know, and one of them yeah, really. Yeah, but, but, but Star Wars, Star Wars really just literally needed. injected itself into everything, like, like every car commercial, every well, pen, my, every peanut butter commercial. My point was, one of those really needed to sell it, and the other one didn't really. 
Right. So that's why right. I think the Deadpool one's even more impressive. Uh-huh. Even though the Star Wars one did a great job, I think like yeah. you know you needed to make people like, oh, okay, this looks like fun. You know, right, right, my right. my favorite um ad my part my favorite part of the marketing campaign was the posters that they made. <laughs> the Valentine's um, Day one. The, yeah, the Valentine's Day, and it's just like a picture of like Ryan Reynolds and Miranda Bakarin with like a you know kind of like <laughs> the halo. Just looks like like they're like sitting in a park <laughs> with like trees in the background, and yes. it's yeah. true love never dies. Valentine's Day. There's a lot yeah. of really good ones. I like. The, uh, there's, one, there's one that says "Witness the beginning of a happy ending." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I like the I like the one he did for Happy Australia Day, <laughs> where he's just like, you know, listen, I just uh, oh, you know, awesome. he's talking about like X Men, you know, just listen, oh, just like you know, he's like, oh, I don't want to get associated with Wolverine. It's like nothing <laughs> against you. He's great. It's just. You know, you have to understand that movie was a real low point in my career. And then he like he he's wearing this crazy hat, and he like he goes like, oh, what is that? What is that? And he like bats at his hat. He's like, oh, it's a hat. You guys wear this? Just like, and you heard like some crew guys starting to crack up before they cut it. And I was just like, yeah, that's just. That's awesome. Because the thing is, it's amazing how with just a little bit of CGI stuff on the eyes, how expressive he was. Yeah. Just through the mask, it was really impressive. Well, he does he does a lot of stuff with like tilting his head and using like his hands and his arms you know yeah. just like like to sort of convey you know what he you know even though you can't see his face and they, they did some stuff with his eyes but but yeah it's it's yeah. a lot of of just like miming basically that he and did. like when he's like when he's also quote unquote when he's quote unquote beating up uh colossus oh, and he's like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel yeah. so bad for your wife. <laughs> and holding with his baby hand when he has to regenerate it, and like, you know, that's, that's, he's like stroking her face. He's like, am I going crazy, or is your hand really small? <laughs> well, um, so, so actually, a part of the, one one thing I also really liked about the movie too is that because they had all this ridiculousness, like with the with the comedy and all that, I think one reason it works so well is because when they had like the horrific parts, I and mean, they said like, "Oh, this is a horror story," and all that. Like the torture, like that stuff was like really gruesome. They really yeah. went for it. I and think they also played it straight. So what, they, and they played the cancer stuff. They played that, and they played the cancer stuff straight. Yeah. Which right. is like, you know right. what? And it's apparently it's already like become like a conversation piece for people talking about dealing with people who have cancer, because you're sort of like, you know, even though he had cancer, he was still like keeping, a, you know, he was still living. Well, that was the whole. Well, actually, so so this this once again segues nicely into into like the, the, my analysis of it. So I was like thinking like, all right, why why did Wade care so much that that he that he was physically deformed? I mean, obviously you could say, well, anyone would be. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, I guess what I was when I was thinking about, it, I was like, you know, what what's what could be surprising about it? Because 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 he's a kind of guy who doesn't give a shit about anything, and Deadpool is kind of like that. And but that's. For, but like that's kind of the whole thing. It's like what with the deep, you could say, deep underlying insecurity is in the character and all that. Um, is you know, as as we were mentioning before, like it is this presentation because because you know he he and Vanessa are both super traumatized. I mean that's the, that's the whole point. Like oh, yeah. they're they're really like fucked up, and and their way of dealing with with the world is like all this insanity. And in fact, I and when I was thinking about, it, I remember there was that point where he says to Vanessa like like because he, he doesn't want her to. He doesn't want her to see him all deformed and fucked up, like from the cancer. You know, he's like, right. you know me as this awesome guy. You don't want to see this part of, 
you know, this right. side of me. Right, right. And like they only they only say it for a second, and that's that's kind of the genius of it. Because 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 later on I was like, oh, why why does he care? Because he, he doesn't care about feeling pain or torture or anything like that. Like he still has a sense of humor, but when he gets when he actually gets deformed is when he actually cares, you know. And when he's not like this person for her and all and all that. And I think that was kind of the genius of it because it's like what's behind all that craziness, and like and they still so had like a reality of what's behind all that, all, all that all that craziness and, and, and hilarity, you know, just, just making sense out of like, you could say the the chaos of life or meaninglessness or, or, or horror or cruelty, you know? So I thought, I thought that was just super clever. And that also made the movie like, you know, much more powerful. Yeah. I think that, you know, you look at something like this and there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of places it can go wrong. You know, it can get into camp really easily. I mean, even just look at Mel Brooks, for example, yeah. And we were just talking about how he like they broke the fourth wall constantly, and sometimes it didn't work. You know, it was like cheesy. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting how like somehow Deadpool, despite all of like the wackiness, like it never really was campy, right? Yeah. Like it right. was the comedy was like you know serious, like it was comedy. It was like fast paced. It was, but it, at the same time, it like took itself seriously in a way that is like hard to explain but um but like you know like the violence was serious and like the the threat the menace was serious and like or just like you know like the love story was serious the you know the main motivating drive of the movie which is deadpool's like revenge the revenge was serious so like the the main core of the movie like it did take seriously and i think that allowed it to avoid letting letting the movie like devolve into like a complete farce you know, and just become like a campy mess. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I, I think I, I agree with you. And I think part of what they did is that it, it, we were talking about like with the exposition. You know, the the, the storytelling was so genius because it, I think part of what they did was they they slowly peeled. They, it's like they slowly like pulled the skin of it apart, like in two directions, so to speak. It's like you slowly look deeper and deeper in. I don't even say layers. It's like it's like you're you're actually looking inside. You know, like you know, you're looking deeper and deeper into it because when they when they oh, if layers does work. When you peel back the layers, you, like you, you see how horrible everything is. So, because like in the beginning, first of all, imagine it was trying to imagine if like yeah. Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith, you know, had been told in that style, where like you see Darth Vader, and Darth Vader is like kicking people's ass and killing people, and then like you have a flashback to like you know um, Anakin and Padme, and then like you see like another scene, like and it's like you know the present sort of you know with like Darth Vader and the Emperor. And then there's, like, a flashback, and you see, you know, like, it, it, imagine if they had told the story, like, out of order like that. I think it would have been much better. Yeah, the, well, I think know, one of the difficulties, though, is that Star Wars is sort of its own subgenre, too. They're still kind of confined to certain methods of storytelling. I mean, it's true the Star like... Wars movies have never really done that with, like, flashbacks. So right, it would be a little, a little out of character, but, um, yeah. but I think the movie would have been a better movie if they had done that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did, and I was just going to mention, like, 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 another thing with the storytelling, too, is that they made, like, kind of speaking to your point about, like, villainy and all that, like, his name's Ajax, right? Like, in the beginning, like, he kind of seemed like, it, it was weird to me, because in the, in the beginning, I was like, oh, he's just kind of a minor thug, and there's going to be another bad guy, or whatever, I didn't even know. And they actually yeah. made him more sinister throughout yeah. the movie. That was really clever. That doesn't usually happen, mm-hmm. you know? Like sometimes maybe you meet you meet the villain for a second, and you're like, oh, he's mild mannered. Then you find out he's really he's really terrible, and then then you have to fight against this big force. But as right. time goes on, you find out that he's worse and worse and worse and worse, just kind of mirroring like 
how horrible you could say like Deadpool's actual life is and how fucked up he is. You know, it just goes to that core of the horror and stuff. So I mean, it was just it was just brilliant. And really. that's that's an interesting takeaway because I I don't think they really intended that. Um, I think that they they because in the comics, from what I read, I haven't really like seen all these comics, but I was just reading some background about the you know after I saw the movie. So apparently, like Ajax was involved, you know, in the comics in the process of making Deadpool, but he's not the top guy. There's this other guy who's like this mad scientist doctor or somebody or whatever um, that they like were going to have in the movie, and then they cut him. They cut. There were like a lot of people that were cut from the movie for budget reasons or other, or whatever. Um, so then they ended up with J- Ajax, who like should be like the number two guy, but he ended up being the number one guy um, due to due to just like circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, but it had kind of had this this effect, like what you were describing, about how like at first he just seems like this sort of like thug or whatever you don't really know, and then like you learn that he's like more and more evil than you thought he was, and like more menacing and more scary, um, you know, than you, than you thought he was, which is you know it it I mean it's it's just kind of cool the way that these sort of like accidental constraints on the movie can can turn into like positive mm-hmm. results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, overall, awesome movie. Well, I would yeah. Say. Let me let me bring I up a little bit of an interesting, future point. You know, we talked. You know, at the very end of the movie, they said, "I got." By the way, in the sequel, there's going to be Cable. You know, we want to yeah, have, right. uh, you know, Kira. You know, maybe Kira Knightley. Yeah. As uh, <laughs> as Cable. Uh, I assume you guys have seen the pictures, right? Yes, I have. What Kira Knightley would look like as Cable, Ben? She saw that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, so, you know, I actually kind of would like to see that. So, Kieran Knightley <laughs> yeah, is interesting. I, 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 you know what? That would be pretty amazing. It would be yeah. It would be awesome. It would be a lot it of fun. It would be so stupid, but I really think <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they won't do it, though, because, like, part of the reason that Cable and Deadpool work well together is because Cable is, like, very serious and, like, you know, like a very sort of like humorless character, and so like Deadpool gets to like play off him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they cast yeah. Kieran Knightley, it just wouldn't it wouldn't work the same way. Mm-hmm. But it would be fun. Well, it, it was a good, it was a good photo. <laughs> it was it was a good photo. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. I think we had a pretty interesting conversation. You know, talking about what we thought of the movie, some of the ideas, some of the themes. And I yeah. think, oh, uh, before we finish, um, we should do like final thoughts. Yeah, so that's uh, let's just sort of say like you know what are our final thoughts about you know Deadpool are? Do we think they could possibly make a sequel that's good? What do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. I'm. I. I mean, like, I think. I think that they did a great job. I love the movie. Um, it was. It. It definitely met my highest expectations and um i think that in the next movie i'll be looking forward to like you know what they're going to do with vanessa's character you know is she going to yeah. have like a bigger yeah. role is she going to have mutant powers you know what yeah. other characters are we going to see um and just like just like develop the world a little more and, and give deadpool like more fun crazy stuff to do so yeah, 100%. yeah i mean, I, I mean the, 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 the danger is the uh the, the danger is the pressure to make it as you know Especially when we're talking about comedy, I think I think I think comedy may be one of the most difficult to make a good sequel out of. I mean, 
what like what has succeeded? I mean, Austin Powers too, maybe. But what 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 has succeeded? Like, like what comedy movies have succeeded with a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's happened, you know, obviously, but you know, it's not. It's well, with what? Dark Knight. Well, I mean, there were like yeah, I'm, I'm saying, there were I'm saying, there were a bunch yeah, of like naked like, gun movies. There were a bunch of police academy movies. You know, there are like sure, movies no, that are like okay. sequels that that are funny sequels. Okay, I mean, I mean, I, I I hope I think it's possible. I think with the with the way they have the team set up, I mean, it's just you know recently I think there's been a good trend in in like the entertainment world, specifically with comedic. Um, things and maybe it has to do with the growth of podcasts or just comedy on the internet and all of that. But that it seems like they're leaving uh, a lot of room for uh, for comedic teams to do things like AKA Rick and Morty. But Rick and Morty's not the only not the only place. I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty I think it's pretty clear. It it, it, it seems like 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 um I don't know. It seems like, I mean, uh, Benji, like when you saw license to when, when you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, right? You were you did you come out of theater and be like. Oh, I wonder how they're going to make a sequel. The sequel's, you know, not going to be good. Like, you know, I mean, like, you wouldn't. I, I assume that's not the reaction that you would have to, to Guardians of the Galaxy. No, and I know it's not that. It's also not the reaction I had to Deadpool, even because I was like, oh, Deadpool's awesome. Right. Um, it's just now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, also because Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of like it's. I think it's a much more clear like balance, but like, like it's not as rough as Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool is really well done and executed. But it's still more crazy and frenetic. Like Garden of the Galaxy was still more like um, I don't I don't mean straightforward like linear, but but it, like it's a more like even blend between comedy and um, and action adventure seriousness and stuff. Like Deadpool is just kind of like crazy. Then they have the serious stuff that they kind of put in there. It's a, it's, a, it's a different sort of thing. So I'm just saying also because Deadpool has so much packed into it in terms of the comedy and the you know the hilar- the hilarity of it. Um, that I, I hope they are able to do it. I'm saying is there, there's there's a chance they won't be able to have that punch, but I, I hope they do. I think they're capable. Of that. I mean, listen, it's you never know, like if if like a sequel can can recapture you know whatever it was that made the original movie good, and there's uh-huh. always a risk. And like Daredevil, as we I keep saying Daredevil, I don't know why I keep doing that. Deadpool, <laughs> as we as we've been saying, is is a movie that that it takes a lot of risks and, like, has to, like, inherently, because of what it is, like, there, it's a, it would be impossible to make a Deadpool movie that wasn't, like, taking a lot of risks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. can they can they get that right balance? Can they recapture that, you know, that, like, slapstick comedy, you know, combined with, like, gory violence and action and, you know, like, make it work? You know? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I hope so. I mean... I kind of wonder if, you know, Dare, you know, uh, gee, she had me doing it. If Deadpool's going to, like, <laughs> show up, like, just make little cameos here and there in other movies. Oh, because, you know I doubt it. I know, don't think that he's going to appear in other movies, no. They have enough time to make an end credit sequence for Age of Apocalypse with Deadpool now. And I don't know if that's such a good idea. I mean, I could, I could see him appearing in an end credit scene, but I don't. I can't imagine Deadpool like having a cameo in like a mainline like in the movie itself of like yeah. X Men or or whatever movie. Well, it would not don't... be a good idea. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen though. Uh huh. I suppose. Uh, all right, I think I think that all about does it for now. You know. You, you know, it would be awesome if you just if he was just like in a crowd scene. Oh. Like. 
Oh, I see. In, in like X Men Apocalypse, if there was like a crowd, <laughs> but it, like imagine like a crowd of just like normal looking, normally dressed people, and then yeah. just like Deadpool is like standing right in the middle, just like standing there with everyone, and the ca- camera just kind of like pans over him and just like doesn't even pause. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, right? yeah, that that could work. That'd, That'd be work. awesome. That's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. I don't think it's gonna happen. Well, I guess we'll see. Because <laughs> Age of Apocalypse is coming out soon. Yeah, and there's going to be dead, like the, the final scene with Apocalypse. Devil's just going to show up, like, hey, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, well, maybe we like, all right, so I don't actually know how it's going to end. Let's say in the, the final scene, Apocalypse dies, Deadpool shows up and says, hey, guys, what I miss? You know. <laughs> or or Devil shows up and just shoots him in the head. Oh, uh, <laughs> even better. He's like, man. Oh, Why did right. you guys do this the whole time? It's just like, we, we could do that? I didn't know we could do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to save him for you guys? <laughs> yeah, but that's not going to happen. So, yeah. all right, I think, I think we're going to wrap it up. All right. Uh, this was fun. And uh, nerd you later, guys. All right, nerd you later. Nerd you later.